Welcome to Any Given You. This show is about all things college football, and on it you will hear insights, analysis, discussion, predictions, and stories of any given topic from any given time, past, present, or future. We believe that the stats are great, but the stories are greater. And you should listen if you have a passion for the game and what makes it great. We're going to talk about touchdowns and touched lives. Come with us on a journey that extends beyond the field of play. We will talk wins, losses, and coachable moments learned on the football field and taken to the classroom, workforce, home, and even the battlefield. Division one to division none. Five-star recruits to walk-ons, it doesn't matter. If it's college football, it's worth the story. I'm your host, Michael Megan. U.S. Army Ranger and a former college football player, and more importantly, a lifelong fan of all things college football. Whether you are a casual fan, a fanatic, a coach, a player, or just a person who loves great stories, then huddle up and commit at any given you. I've always found it inspiring when I see a powerful person move with grace, humility, and quiet confidence. It's also nice to see a person with such power also display a sense of humor and kindness towards others. The type of person I'm speaking of does not need a tough guy persona or any extra vibrato because it's evident how formidable they can be if pushed. My guest today is a man of impressive stature and tremendous strength. I have seen his power firsthand and it is awesome and terrible to behold. But in the very instant his violence has ended, the smiles, jokes, and genuine nature of this man emerge. Dalen Bunton is a six foot four, 320 pound earth rocker. He hails from Havelock, North Carolina. He played football and basketball for Havelock High School, where he was one of the top defensive recruits in the state of North Carolina. Out of high school, Dalen originally signed with Winston-Salem State, and then he spent two years at New Mexico Military Institute before finally signing with NC State in 2012. Upon graduation, He was offered a free agent signing with the New England Patriots, and then he continued his professional career signing with the National Arena League. And tonight, he's committed to Any Given You. Dalen Bunton, welcome to the Any Given You podcast, my dude. I am so excited to have you. Where are you joining us from tonight? I'm here in Charlottesville, Virginia. Charlottesville, Virginia. Okay. What you doing up there, man? Oh, man, just living the life, man. Enjoying the scenery. I love the mountains. I always wanted to be here, so... Picked up from the city and moved on here. That's neat. What is that? Uh, what's the layout up there like? I mean, I've, I've heard it's really pretty in uh, Northern Virginia. That's up next to the um, Shenandoah, right? Yeah. It's, it's literally nothing but uh, mountains, man. Just tons and tons of mountains and just amazing scenery. You do much hiking up there in the mountains? or <laughs> No, 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 sir. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll, 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 you know. I'll look at the scenery, but I won't. I won't touch a, a trail at all. <laughs> so, what are you doing to stay active these days? Then um, I hit the gym. I literally drive since everything here is basically closed uh, due to the pandemic. I drive literally forty three miles uh, one way to go to the gym. Holy shit, dude! Forty three miles in one direction. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, that's dedication, my man. What What's the name of the gym you work out at? Gold's Gym. Oh, so it's a Gold's Gym. Okay. Um, yeah. So are you doing anything specific or are you just... Uh... I'm, just I'm trying to do like bodybuilding and, you know, strongman type stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. I've actually caught a couple of your um, progress pictures uh, online yeah. from uh, when I last saw you down in the NAL with the Columbus Lions here down in Georgia. You were definitely like in that prime nose tackle shape but it looks like you're kind of cutting down a little bit now i mean you, you got some good definition going man it looks good thank you thank you. i had a uh, had a lot of help from uh from co-workers and friends outstanding um so let's get into it the first segment of the podcast here is uh called the floor is yours and uh so what i would like you to do is just tell us a little bit about Dalen Bunting and basically think of this as like your superhero origin story a little bit. So can you start off by telling us uh, you are from Havelock, North Carolina originally. That's correct. Yes. Yes. What? what uh, so I self-admittedly, I'm not an extremely well-traveled man. So uh, what is, where is, and what is it like in Havelock, North Carolina? I've never. It is a very small town on, you are a military man yourself. So it's uh, a military town. Uh, it's right next to Cherry Point, if you've ever heard of it. Is it's, that a- it's, it sucks. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
born and raised in Havelock, North Carolina, man, or Cherry Point, I guess you can say. Um, my dad was in the Navy for 30 years. Um, so I was always on base, you know, uh, in the lab. Um, he does, he's a lab tech for the military. So I just, I'm always in the lab doing stuff or whatever, you know, checking them out, or, you know, do stuff like that. So but yeah, small town. Everybody knows everybody. Gotcha. So that is, that's a Navy town then? No, it's a Marine. Marine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Outstanding. So that's, that's pretty cool. So, um, so military towns have a, um, they kind of have a tendency to be, there's not a whole heck of a lot going out outside the installation itself. Like um, they just have a sort of a tendency of everything, all the energy gets pulled into the post and then uh, not too much going on outside. Was it more rural around the surrounding area or what, what was going on there? Was it suburban or? Uh, a little bit of both. Uh, if you went into the base and drove maybe about eight to 10 miles into the base, it would be like a suburban, suburban area, dude. It'd be, it was beautiful. Shoot, I, I wish I could live there. Um, but if you lived, but if you were one of the people that lived outside of that, it would be like rural, just whatever type deal. Gotcha. And so, um, were you uh, were you an only child? Do you have brothers or sisters? Or I, I have an older sister. Um, she is thirty four. Um, she lives in New Orleans. Gotcha, Nola. Okay, thirty four is not old, man. Uh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm hitting thirty three this year, so. <laughs> so <laughs> starting to feel it a little bit um you are an impressive a man of impressive stature so uh where do you get that where did you get your natural size from uh i get my height from my dad and i get everything else from mom when it comes to eating so (laughs) that's really about it dude it's crazy um so who uh who first introduced you to the to the sport of football um no one did believe it or not uh i kind of getting picked on in school or whatever in middle school was what well, I was in the last year of middle school uh so kind of need a uh anger outlet so I begged my mom to let me play football she wouldn't let me because she was scared you know I was gonna get hurt or you know break an arm or whatever and then I kind of you know how you keep asking somebody and you wear them down so they say I right, you know I'm gonna check it out so you see what happens come to find out bigger than everybody else and it was like a giant versus david so, so you took that and flipped that right on its head then. yeah basically i played every almost every uh defensive position when it comes to the line or offensive line except for the center i didn't play that one. so you so when you got into it because of your natural size you just you kind of you took took to it like a fish to water or uh yeah uh, i had to I didn't know nothing about football, literally nothing. There was just one play I remember. <laughs> I was an offensive lineman. I ran down, because I saw everybody else catching the ball. So I ran down the, the field. I blocked my person around the field and I was trying to wait for the uh, trying to wait for the ball to get thrown to me. So <laughs> I didn't know nothing about it, dude. I was just out. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Yeah. So I just kind of picked it up and you know, my dad kind of helped me watch tape and all the good stuff. So coaches taught me and stuff. Yeah, I, I remember starting out in peewee football myself, like not really knowing a whole bunch at all. But same thing. I was when I went into it, I was actually one of the bigger kids on the team. I also played defensive line too at the time, offensive defensive line. And I just, uh, I, you know, funny enough, uh, the story you just told a little bit is not that dissimilar from mine. Uh, I am a military uh, kid. I'm a military brat my entire life. Um and same thing, I, I dealt with, um, you know, some of the bullying, like harassment type stuff when I was young as well. And like, I needed that outlet. I, you know, I grew up with some anger and resentment. I needed a, a really good outlet for that. And football provided that for me, honestly, like it was probably one of the, one of, if not the best decisions I ever made in my life was to, was to play this game. You know, it really kind of leveled me out. So it's good to hear that somebody else had a, you know, similar experience to, to that. Yeah. I think the sport does so much for, for guys to level them out. Great self-esteem builder and, you know, great outlet for sure. That takes you, so you play peewee um, and I'm assuming by the time you hit high school, you did realize that that would be an ineligible man downfield on your play <laughs> when, uh, when you ran down for the pass. So I'm assuming by high school, you did figure out how to play the game a little bit better. Yeah, <laughs> by high school. I kind of figured it out. Yeah. 
So um, in high school, so did you, you play, did you play offensive line in high school or defensive line or both? Dude, I, I played both sides of the ball. And I, I literally, I can tell you this, you know, without a doubt, you can ask anybody that, that I know or my coaches or whatever. I literally played both ways the whole entire game. I did not come out one time. I was so tired. Yeah, I know what that life is like. That Ironman football will grind you down fast. So bad. <laughs> For sure. I, you know, the funny thing is, is, um, the last year I played football was actually in 2016. I played for the Fort Benning Doughboys team uh, with uh, Coach Gibson um, and uh, Coach Risden. We're helping coach that team too. And um, I remember our first game, man, it was, uh, God, it had to be 110 degrees or something like that. It was uh, September still in Georgia, which you know is hot as hell. And, um, I remember doing the same thing. Like we were, we were playing Iron Man style because we only had like 20 guys on the team. <laughs> and I was like, man, I, I think I was 28 years old at the time, I think. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm too old now for this shit. Like I hadn't been in pads in about eight years. And I was like, oh man, this sucks. <laughs> Super sucks. Football is a different kind of shape for sure. So high school, Havelock High School, you play both sides of the ball um, and you're getting recruited at this point, right? Your senior year? Uh, kind of started my junior year. Yeah, kind of started my junior year, I want to say. Um, I started, you know, getting stuff from the mail, saying that they're interested. My dad got the mail. I, I didn't really care for it. I was just playing football. So um, over that year, I was started, when I started getting mail, I had like a whole entire big shoebox full of from different from different colleges man from d1 all the way down to d2 d3 whatever you i had all the schools it was crazy i still i still have it to this day at, at the house oh my god so like um were they they were like official letters of interest basically yeah and uh pretty much every school in the country yeah, literally. I can if I had a box, I can I can pull out I pull out every single one of them. Um, so where did you end up landing first or committing to uh, in your college journey? Because you have a very unique uh, college journey, I would say. I went that uh that long road. <laughs> uh, due to my grades, um, I was I'm a, I'm a I'm a smart I was a smart kid, but I didn't want to do the work when it came to school. So he kind of learned the hard way, you know. They, they preach they preach to you get a 2.0 and we can recruit you if you don't and you gotta stay away so what ended up happening was i didn't get that 2.0 i got like a 1.9 or something so i ended up committing to um winston-salem uh and again here comes the same thing round two i was about to fail out well oh you know went to college and that was the first time i've seen my mom cry like that was literally first time I ever seen her cry ever is when I was about to fail out of college because she didn't want to see me on a street you know being a bum and you know things of like that so she gave me this huge speech while she was crying and stuff what I did not know was that my dad in the background was sitting at my film everywhere else so I couldn't go to another I couldn't transfer to another to a d1 school or whatever I had to go to a junior college so what ended up happening was I had a bunch of I had a ton of uh, junior colleges hit me up, a ton of them. So what ended up happening was I had a coach named Coach Lynn from New Mexico Military Institute called me up, talked about the school, whatever. And I thought to myself, you know, I need some discipline. I need to, you know, do better in life. So I ended up picking that school over everybody else because I believe that I didn't want to see my mom cry again like that anymore. So I ended up going there to better myself as a person and, you know, to, to learn about life. And that was probably the best decision I've ever made was going to military school, even though I hated it for two years, <laughs> getting, getting, you know, getting orders from 13 year olds. I had to do it, man. I had to do it. <laughs> so, okay. Oh, okay. All right. So tell Tell, tell us about that a little bit. So so you went to New Mexico Military Academy, right? And uh, you said, got to take orders from 13-year-olds? What, what, what are you talking about? So when you first, when you first get admission to the, the junior college, you are what's called a rat, which is basically uh, a new person coming in. You have no rank. You have no say-so about whatever. 
So when you first get in, this is what I was pissed about the most. When you first get in, they take you downstairs to the library or whatever. And if you walk down the stairs to the right, there's a there's a uh, barbershop. First thing to do is cut off all your hair. Uh, you see I'm bald now, so they kept doing it for years. <laughs> yeah, me too, brother. Hold on, I'll show you. There you go. Got that <laughs> awesome hairline under that hat. Don't worry about yeah. it. And, and you got to, you have to learn about the formation and all that good stuff. And you're in a while... While I'm like 19 years old, I'm getting bossed around literally by, you know, 12, 13 year olds that are privates or sergeants because they have higher rank than me and I have no say so. Um, you have no choice but to listen to every command or you're going to get, you know, these things called uh, demerits. Demerits, yes. Yeah. I'm familiar. Oh, yeah. So everything has to be done to a T. Your uniform has to be shiny. You have to come out the correct uniform, wake up at 5 a.m., all that, dude. Everything that's done in the probably in the real military, a little bit less, but it's 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 worse it's so bad. So so bad. I hated it, every every bit of it. But uh my my stress relief from all that was uh going into practice uh for football. So did uh did your time there make you appreciate uh the sport a lot more and also um Obviously, what have you taken away from that experience that you still use to this day? Now, I know you said you hated it, and definitely military life is not for everyone, folks. So definitely uh, do some good hard thinking before you sign on that line or raise your right hand. But the the values an experience like that can instill definitely can carry carry you for through some 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 adversity and some tough spots in your life. So what what's something that you've taken away from that experience that you might still carry with you today? Hey, don't take anything for granted, man. Don't take anything for granted. You do do things, have integrity. I mean, just just try to do everything by the book as much as you can because you never know who's watching, who's you know, who's telling who who you who that person may be. Because at the end of the day, that person that person may either go in for you and have your back, or you know, be against you. And I've had a lot of, and luckily for me, I have a great personality to the point I'm respectful to everybody. And they usually have my back and that's even, even in military college. So I will say that for you, you definitely, um, you know, you were one of those guys that uh, I, was a pleasure to work with, um, you know, coaching wise, I, I was a coach intern, um, you know, still learning stuff. And you were always like very polite, uh, very respectful guy. And I enjoyed being around you. Uh, honestly, you're one of the funnier dudes on the team took, took stuff pretty lightheartedly most of the time, but it would be so funny because they would throw you in a drill. Right. And I just see you just destroy somebody like, just, I'm like, Oh my God, I would not want to be that guy right now. And then you just kind of pop up and you'd be like, Hey, that was fun. You know, it's just like so lighthearted about it. Like there wasn't any kind of like screaming, yelling, chest, like chest pounding, none of that. You're just kind of like, oh, well, you know, that was cool. Let's line it up again. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. That's how, that's how you're supposed to be, man. You just can't, you can't take every little thing in football as serious. So serious. You got to have fun with it, man. If you're serious all the time, I mean, you're just kind of just taking the joy out of it. That's, um, you know what? I'm glad that it's it's definitely an approach that doesn't work for everybody, but I'm glad that it works for you for sure. So after New Mexico Military um, Institute, which is at the JUCO level, I, I in my research, I saw that you were the number 22 overall JUCO recruit coming out of there and NC State comes knocking. You talk about that. They come, they come back around first. When I was at high school, they were there. They wanted to sign me and all that good stuff. They're the ones that were telling me about the grades. Maybe what, a couple of years later, boom, back at the same position. They now they want to sign me again. They they, they, they say I have good grades. I'm getting all these college, you know, D1 offers and calls and all that good stuff. So I went with them because they came back around. All these other colleges, some of them I didn't, even, I never even heard of. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna go with the school that I know, and it's, it was close to home, so it'd be easy to have my car there. So Havelock's not too far from Raleigh, then. No, it's about two hours. Okay, that's not bad. That's not terrible. Um, what was what what's it like to play for NC State, man? I mean, like, um, I, I I'm not too familiar with too much of the tradition there. I know that my grandfather, who lived in Charlotte, was a he was a diehard NC State fan. I mean, he was all about the the Wolf Pack for sure. Um, and like, 
it was just, it was his thing. He would, he would love to watch it. You know, don't bother him when he's in his recliner watching NC state. Um, it's just one of those things like what, what's some of the, the traditions and, and, uh, and stuff at a place like an NC state that a lot of people might not know about. That NC state is literally based off a of family, dude. They, you, we do everything together. I know that's a lot more like every football team, but this is deeper than that. Um, if we, if one literally, okay, for I'll give you a good example because this happened to me. So I ended up missing a class. You know how like uh, classes have the have the roll calls and stuff. So what ended up happening was I missed the class. I slept through the class, and I ended up missing it. So when I missed that class, everybody, when I mean everybody, everybody had to wake up at like three a.m. that next morning to go run, for like run one uh, tens. Like we ran like forty. And everybody was pissed at me, dude. So pissed. It's man, that thing is it's crazy. Everything is based off of family and being accountable for what you do. So kind of like like you guys created like a literal wolf pack mentality there. If one man messes up, we all mess up, and we all take punishment. It is it's ridiculous. That that's that's quite a tone to be set. Are you sure that didn't happen at the military institute? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say that, but no, it did not happen, man. And that didn't happen. That happened at the uh, Institute at all. No, it happened at NC State. One man messes up, we all mess up, and we all take the consequence. And that is that was probably the worst thing because we were always ha- looking at each other's backs on these, uh, having each other's backs. We always helped each other with our tests if we needed to help ask questions because if we mess up in a drill or a play or something, get on that line. Um, so it was it was crazy. I I hated it, but I loved it at the same time. It was like having a, a third or second a third or second family. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, so who who was uh, who, who was the head man at NC State while you were there? Uh, O'Brien. Okay. And so what what was what was he like? He was a military man himself, Marines, if not mistaken. Sorry, O'Brien was first. He got fired. Then it was Dorrit. Um, but O'Brien was a very a man of few words i've really i didn't really hear him talk that much i probably heard him maybe say three words out of the day yeah he was just a quiet man in my opinion doran was a very aggressive man um he knew what he what he expected from people he knew what he wanted out of you and how you should be doing your job i got you yeah you know the funny thing is is i think nc state sort of has a legacy of those hard-nosed type coaches if I'm not mistaken, I think Lou Holtz was uh, head head coach there at one time. He is kind yeah. of the that no nonsense kind of coach as well. That that was his mo, being like that. And I guess it's sort of carried over and continued. Uh, NC State kind of has that uh, reputation for being that team that um, they're not. It's not like they're out there competing for ACC championships every year or national championships or anything like that. But you you cannot go into Raleigh unprepared and think you're going to come out of there with a win. I mean, it's uh, it's definitely a place where I've seen a team like that fight tooth and nail. Uh, and, you know, this last year they, they had, you know, their losses stacked up a little bit, but they were, they were close. It was always a hard fought contest with those guys. Yeah. hundred percent. So your time at NC state, what was your best memory? I think, I think you, I think you let me in on your worst memory, which is missing a class and having to get up at 3 a.m. and run. Uh, my best memory. I guess my best memory would be the first time I played my first D1 football game, which was the Chick-fil-A. It was was like the first first game of the uh, the season or the preseason. So it was against – it was in Atlanta in Tennessee. It was Tennessee versus Tennessee State. So – and that's when I – they my coach put me in yeah that was probably the best my best experience because i went i was going against an sec team and it was awesome i had i had a lot of fun that game what was the uh the atmosphere like it was it would have been the georgia dome at that time yeah yeah um the atmosphere was what i expected everybody said boo Forget uh, forget NC State, SEC, SEC, you know, <laughs> the chant. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, though they were booing us and stuff, it was still an amazing experience to be a part of that. So Definitely a highlight of, uh, of your time, for sure. Um, 
Yeah, it, I think I think that's that uh, Chick Fil A kickoff. I think is what it's called. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, you go on. You, you're playing at NC State. You're attending classes. You're being held accountable by the whole uh, Wolfpack organization there. And you go from a guy who, coming out of high school, struggled to get a 2.0 to a guy who gets his degree from yeah. NC State. Can you talk about that? I, that, I think that's great, man. First off, that's hats off to you. Yeah, I'm still you. working on mine. I'm currently a senior. I started college in 2006, everybody. So just to let you know, I'm still, still going. <laughs> took a little bit of a hiatus, but yeah, tell, tell me about it, man. My mom and dad, they believe, you know, education will take you far in life, which is true and not true. But education was the biggest thing, the biggest thing, because they always wanted me to have a plan B. If something would happen, if I didn't make it to the NFL or whatever, I have a plan B. They're always about having plan A's, B's, C's, and D's. I did it. I buckled down, did what, what I needed to do. I didn't graduate with, you know, with A's and B's. Um, I graduated with like B's and C's, you know, C's get degrees. So, <laughs> so that, my mama. That is true. <laughs> I buckled down, I did what I was supposed to do, and I graduated. And that was another proud moment of my life. My mom was actually crying again, but happy tears this time that she saw me grow from an immature person into uh, a good young man that has gotten his, his degree. My, well, my second degree, I should say. Whoa, man. Dude, like, wow, dude, I just can't say it enough. Like that, what happened to you, what you went through coming out of high school, going to Winston-Salem, pretty much being academically ineligible, going out to the freaking bums ass desert somewhere to get yelled at by 13 year olds getting up having to spit shine boots and whatever not like that is a path that i think 90 percent of people would have just thrown up the hands and been like deuces i'm fine like i don't need this shit i'm done but you stayed the course and you have these experiences like playing in the georgia dome against tennessee getting two degrees you said yeah, associate, I have an associate's and a bachelor's. Okay. Yeah. associate's in junior college. Oh, very cool. Well, yeah, but either way, I'm just like, that's that's incredible, man. Like, you you should, uh, and it's funny because you're so lighthearted that, like, this is the first time I'm hearing this story at all because you're just, eh, well, whatever. Um, so you, you're doing it with, like, very much a quiet humility, but that's a hell of a story, man. Man, everybody has their journey. Mine was just longer than others. I gotcha. So... Speaking of the long journey, did you hear that car horn? Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's try this one more time. Speaking of the journey continuing, tell us a little bit about a, a phone call, like a big phone call that you got um, from one Mr. Uh, did you get the call from Bill Belichick or did you get the call from? I got it from my, my, my agent at the time. So I'm assuming my agent got the call from him and my agent basically relayed the message to me. That's what my that's my assumption at least. Um, so what ended up happening was um, we we're watching the draft. Draft, you know, goes on, goes on, goes on. Uh, they have, my parents uh, have my parents do like a little, you know, congratulations on graduating type deal and you know football draft stuff. Actually, I got to go back. So, uh, so I, <laughs> I, I was doing this. So at the at the uh, the combine or whatever, um, I did good. I was doing. I was going both ways because I know how to do offensive stuff and defensive stuff. I had Can I this, ask you one question? One question, real quick. At the combine, how many times you hit two twenty five? I almost broke the NC State record. I was off by three or four, and I was. I did thirty eight. Oh my god, man! <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm talking about, folks. This guy is strong. Like he's strong. I've seen it. <laughs> Well, yeah, that 38, man. Uh, I forgot who held, who held the record for you, like 41 or something, 42. Um, I had this, I had this Patriots, I had this Patriots uh, scout. He said, I was doing, it was offensive stuff at the time. I was doing offensive stuff. And he says, hey, I wanted to see you do some defense, some defense. I was like, I mean, I thought it was offense, but, you know, whatever. I switched my shoes, did whatever. I have all, like, you know, a lot of teams looking and what ended up happening was I killed. I had the fast. I had the fastest reaction, like the fastest get off, the fastest. I had everything. Anything you can, you can put up there. I had the fastest of everything. That's what a lot of these coaches were telling me. 
so what ended up happening was he put me to the side. He's like, yo, you know, you have, you're great. You have a lot of speed and you have great numbers. I ran like a four, a three, at the combine I did, I was running, I was at 340, 340 pounds. And I ran like a four nine. Wow, dude, that's bucking. <laughs> yeah. So. Folks, you do not want to get hit by that. I promise you. I promise you, you don't want to get hit like that. That'd be like getting hit by a, that'd be like getting hit by a wall locker coming at like a good 15 miles an hour. You don't want to get hit by that. So you know what happened? He pulled me to the side like, yeah, man, you know, you have great, you have great ability. You know, you I mean, I would love to have you, I'd love to bring you back for a private workout. I was like, you know, sure. Yeah. I have no problem. You know, me being my cheery self. Yeah, sir. Yeah. I'll definitely do that. You know, whatever. Yeah, be back here. I'll be back here Saturday at 2 p.m. I'm like, okay, cool. So, so because 2 p.m. comes and he has me doing all these drills. You know, you know, block or not block, but uh, get off, shed, right, left type deal. He said, you know, thank you, sir. He didn't say he didn't say a word to me. He just didn't say not one word. Just, thank you. Shook his hand firm, and then I get another call from the 49ers. Uh, they want to bring me in for another private workout. He said, be here. It was like, I think it was like a Sunday. I think it was like Sunday or something. Sunday, the next day. So I come in Sunday. Do my, he wants to see me as offense. So I did that. Did my drills. He didn't say nothing to me. Fast forwarding to the, uh, to the party and stuff. Draft goes, still waiting, still waiting, you know. And my name didn't get called. I was like, all right, sucks, whatever. Five to 10 minutes after it ended, I get a call saying that the Patriots, the Patriots want to sign you. I was like, what? <laughs> I started crying, man. I started crying. Oh, so, okay. All right. So it wasn't your mom this time. You started crying this time. <laughs> so the Patriots want to sign you. I was like, what? I, you know, you know, like how you hear something, you feel like you're so stunned. You have to tell me to say it again. You thought yep. you were dreaming. Yep. It was like one of those things that goes in the movie. And I started crying, dude. I started crying. Yeah. And they were happy and everybody, you know, it was great. Um, after that, a lot of people who I didn't even know in, in Havelock at that started uh, asking for autographs and taking pictures and all that good stuff. I was like, you know, whatever. I had a lot of people support me, but at the same time, having that type of, uh, I guess, fame or, you know, local fame. There's a lot of people that will come out out of the woodwork saying, "Remember me? You know, I've done this for you. Yeah, whoopie woo, all that good stuff." I actually had my the guy that bullied me ask me for money. I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> so, yeah. So Jesus. that was probably that was probably another highlight in my life. I was like, "Yeah, okay." But yeah, it was it was one of the greatest and most memorable things I'll ever have in my life. It was it was great. I uh, I've got it. Yes, I absolutely understand exactly where you're coming from i remember a couple points in life like that for me uh being a, a true walk-on freshman getting the opportunity to dress by week eight of the season you know going working every day super hard and then i finally got the opportunity to dress and travel with the team and actually like be on the sideline dressed um that that was something that I was so jazzed up about and I didn't do shit I mean I hung out by the Gatorade coolers but like still you know just just knowing putting in that hard work and just kind of believing in myself that I could make that team um that was that was a big accomplishment for me personally it's not much in the in the football world or the football life but um for me that was that was a big moment like that and then um I would say an even bigger moment was definitely when I I got my tan beret and I became a, a ranger. That that was that was pretty big. That that was very very proud moment of my life. You know, my my mom was there, my dad was there, um, and I just kind of felt like finally for the first time, hey, your son made it. I'm not such a knucklehead anymore. I can do some <laughs> stuff right, you know. Um, but, yeah. So that's awesome, man. So you go up to did you you went up to Foxborough for um, camp? Yeah. Okay, and. Uh, Great experience. Um, it was, bro, it's hard. Hang on. Yeah. It, it was, it was, oh my God, they hit the floor running. First you get the first time, the first day you hit the floor running. I will admit, um, first day, basically go in. Okay, so you go in, there's a, they have like the, the nutrition bar, everything, everything you can think of, they had it. It was, it was great. So then you go walk out and then they have the, uh, the film rooms and then they have like the major room where everybody sits in that's where we sat at 
and it said, and Bill Belichick walks in. Oh man, that was great. I was, I was like, damn, this, this guy was on fucking TV. So <laughs> Bill Belichick walks in and he says, during this camp, I don't want none of y'all to be on the internet. No, no my, no, uh, he said, no, no, my face, no Insta- Instagram, no face. My face. Yeah, that's what he called it. He said, my face. I was like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing. I was, I was trying not to laugh. But I was like, "That's big." Oh man, you can't laugh in that meeting. You can't yeah, laugh. Oh that, no, it was great. Um, it was great seeing him. I never talked to him or anything. I just he was just he just seemed so intimidating. You know what I'm saying? Because that's a whole different level. Um, but then after that, you know, they, everybody introduces themselves with the coaches. Then as soon as that ends, you go straight into your position meeting. And they tell you what the plays. You have a handbook or the playbook, and they, of course, they, it's uh, easy plays like over and under type stuff. So if one, if uh, one got, if a position change, you go under. If one one change, you go you go uh, over type stuff. It was just like simple, simple, easy stuff for the first day. Of course, being at that at the level, they expect you to know it immediately as soon as you walk out on that field. You know it immediately. If you have any questions, you ask them before you get on that field. So the war- the warmups were like, Jesus, that was the worst one. The warmups were like was like conditioning. You do you do what ten yards, ten yards of the uh, the stretch, then you you literally sprint the rest, sprint the the, the next forty. So it was it was, that, it was that crazy. It was literally a whole conditioning thing. It was it was nuts. Then after that, you're already you're already tired. So I was like, damn, <laughs> I was like, damn. So right that, you immediately go to the cone. You go to the cones and you start doing, you know, hopping, o- hopping over them and, you know, uh, zigzagging left and right and all the other stuff. I was done. I was gone. Oh, my goodness. That was that was bad. Then after that, everybody, you know, does a little drill where you rip and under and you rip. Then you, you turn you turn your body into uh, – to the quarterback and stuff and tackle the bag and stuff like that. But it was, it was just a lot of stuff, a lot, a lot of stuff. Um, a lot of people, luckily for me, um, I kind of knew the under and over plays, but a lot of other defensive linemen didn't really know them. And I kind of just kept to myself. I didn't say nothing to nobody because, hey, man, it's, it's, a, it's a dog-eat-dog world up in that, in that crap, man. I ain't going to help nobody. If you're trying to come to my position, I can't help you, player. You can't help yourself. <laughs> if you're on a team, both fine. I help you, but other than that, I can't. I can't help you, man. I'm I'm, I'm out here for this job too. That's uh, it's funny you mentioned that because that's a lot like um, that's a lot like Ranger School itself. The first couple of days of Ranger School are well, not the not the uh, pads, helmets, and conditioning part, but the uh, the first couple of days of Ranger School is called Rap Week, and uh, it's a bunch of physical events, land navigation, ruck marches. You get smoked up like all day. Well, you know corrective training but you're just doing a bunch of exercises stress you sleep maybe two hours uh per night for about three four days and so it's kind of like that like um when you go there you understand that the first three days of ranger school is an individual event <laughs> it is 100 an individual event if i have to step on your head to get to where i need to go i'm going to do that once you're through rap week and you get put in your your platoons that's when it becomes like a real team you know sort of environment so i understand what you're saying there did you know you notice a definite change in the speed and tempo of the game you know from college to there huh yeah i think college times times seven. Oh my god <laughs> like you you fast forwarding through a whole entire movie is that's that's what it's like oh wow all you young kids out there, if you if if I got any young listeners and you guys are aspiring to play in the NFL, I want you to listen to this man's words and realize one thing: you're not working hard enough. So, just just realize the uh, the level of commitment it's going to take to get to that level to even make it at that level. So, and then uh, so what what happened? How did that? In, how did it close out? Or it's the last the last day, and uh, I ended up getting cut. So. I was like, damn. I mean, at the end of the day, I didn't. I was happy, but at the same time, I was mad because I was like, you know, I worked my butt off. It was, it was sad, but I made it farther than most people will ever get. It was, it was, just, it was awesome. I mean, I took pictures in my in the uniform they gave me and stuff when I was working out and all that good stuff. It was great. I mean, 
Oh, I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm certainly happy that you had that experience. And, you know, with everything that you just talked about, the whole story we just talked about, everything we went through, you absolutely have nothing to be, to hang your head about, man. That's like, you have experienced something that most of this planet will never experience. And to, to come the way you did, very much that long route, that long and winding road, the, the road less traveled, let's call it that, uh, to come back, you know, and get to, get to that point. It's, it's very impressive. Oh man. Uh, last thing I got to say, if, if anybody makes it to the NFL and anybody that's in college says you suck, just say, just know that you're better than them because more than likely they will probably never see that field. Yeah, there's definitely levels to it. I tell people all the time, like uh, the worst player in the NFL, if there was one, quote unquote, is the, is the best football player you'd ever meet. So yeah, <laughs> it's, exactly. it's ridiculous. Um, so the next segment of the podcast we'll, we're going to do is called Current Events. And there are some really interesting uh, current events that have come down the pipe. And so first off, big announcement a couple of days ago, EA Sports is bringing back the NCAA football franchise. Now, we actually, we don't know if it's going to be called NCAA football, but a college football game is set to release, they said, sometime in the next couple of years. So to me, I'm thinking that's probably summer 2023, somewhere around. And uh, Dalen, is that exciting news for you? Because I know I'm in my early 30s and I still like to pick up the sticks and get down on some NCAA 2014 (laughs) on my Xbox 360 that's melting right now, probably. Yeah, it's super exciting, man. I was in the NCAA uh, 13 and 14, actually. So it was great. I still have those copies up up there in my house um, signed and everything. But I'm I'm excited to to get that back and to actually play some, some football. Yeah, it's lots of fun, man. I love that. I love the dynasty mode. That's definitely my favorite. Uh, I never really liked the, like the road to glory one or whatever, where you just play for four years and you get all like these little trophies. I'm like, this is boring. I'd rather have a dynasty, you know, and, um, and play that. Like, uh, you know, I, I use Georgia. I like, you know, I'm a, I'm a Georgia fan, but I, I also like, I also like Florida state. I don't mind Notre Dame so much. And sometimes I'll just take a, a shitty team, you know, like the lowest ranked team and try to build them to greatness. I usually have like three dynasties going at one time. So it's just, I'm pathetic. <laughs> my wife, my wife, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. My wife, uh, my wife will come back there with her hands on her hips. She'll do this little sachet into the room and just go, you coaching your team again. I'm like, yeah. And I'll, and I'll, I'll tell her, I'll be like, Hey, just land this land, just landed this five star. She's like, he's not even real. Shut up. <laughs> Let me live. <laughs> <laughs> just let me have this yeah definitely excited about that for sure um and then big news that came down the pipe today with the big 10 conference uh this is a this is an interesting little nugget illinois the fighting illini will be taking on the nebraska Cornhuskers in an international game played in dublin ireland for this next 2021 season tentatively of course because we are still living in a time where the pandemic could flare back up, something could happen, you know, of, of course it's tentative, but it is, it is laid on to be played in Dublin, Ireland. What are your thoughts on that? Because I actually think that first off, if there's a game going to be played in Dublin, Ireland, I feel like it should involve Notre Dame and Boston college. I feel like that those are the two teams that should be playing, but Illinois and Nebraska in Ireland, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I don't like neither of those teams, but I'm jealous because I wish I had that opportunity to go up there and play football. That'd be great. I'm actually very envious of them. I hope they, I just hope, you know, all of them have that, have that good experience up there. Yeah. I mean, like that's gotta be bananas, man. Like bringing, bringing the sport of college football to a different country. I mean, that, that's, that's pretty crazy because um, we've seen the NFL do it a couple of times. They've gone to London, they've played in Mexico city, you know, stuff like that. Um, but at the college level, college football, 
uh, to be played in Ireland. It's going to be pretty crazy when, um, you know, some kid from Dublin is a raging Nebraska Cornhuskers fan or uh, <laughs> an Illinois fighting Illini fan because they happened to catch this game when they were young and it just kind of stuck with them, you know, YouTube and American football and whatnot. I just, I just think that's going to be a fun and interesting experience for everybody involved. Um, so my question, you being an ACC guy for last question in current events is, um, do you see a scenario at all, or maybe who is your most likely prediction sometime in the short-term future uh, within that conference, a team that is actually going to dethrone Clemson from their spot, potentially? Who's got the best shot? I know they've been kind of crappy the last couple of years, but Florida State, Florida State, between Florida State and NC State have the best chance of dethroning. If Florida State would actually, you know, pick it up a little bit, they have a better chance of winning against Clemson. Yeah, I, you know what? I agree with you a little bit. There's, there's the two ACC teams in Florida actually are sort of my favorite picks um, besides, of course, uh, UNC. Um, the, the Tar Heels under Mac Brown have uh, put together a pretty good prolific program there over the last couple of years. Uh, Sam Howell coming back. So um, I like where you're going with the Florida State. I think they are building right now under Mike Norvell. They're definitely snagging a lot of uh, guys in the transfer portal. They've landed a couple of big recruits. We've talked about this on, uh, I've talked about this with some other friends of mine. So I do think that Florida State's trending in the right direction. And Miami um, has De'Eric King returning for uh I guess you could say sixth senior year, if you will, because of the uh, the COVID eligibility rules last year didn't count for anybody. So you could stay for another year if they like, and, uh, and he's done so. So Miami will have a solid squad. I don't know if I see them knocking off Clemson though. So my pick for, you know, the short term as it lays out right now, I do like the Tar Heels who uh, have a pretty good squad returning, but who knows? I mean, Jeff Halfley up in Boston college might put something together. I don't know. And who knows what NC state could potentially produce with the right kind of roster or, you know, a very senior team kind of loaded down with those seniors and fifth year seniors um, because they were ranked at one point this year uh, and, and definitely yeah. played competitively for college football. Who is your 2021 if you're picking four teams to be in the playoff in 2021, who is your pick? Picks, I should say. Clemson, Alabama, Oregon, and Ohio. Ohio State? Yep. Okay. Yeah, the, the usual suspects plus plus Oregon. That's a, that's a cool take. Uh, you want to talk? explain that for a second for Oregon? I mean, I, they're, they're a good program. They are, they're a very good program. I believe that uh, I believe that they're in the building process type deal. So I believe in probably in the next year, hopefully this year, if not next, it's gonna it's probably gonna be a championship team. Yeah, Mario Cristobal is building a, a a pretty good team out there in Oregon. You know, and they they've made it to a BCS bowl game. I think three years running now um, this year, a little weird. Definitely. It wasn't a full strength Oregon squad by the end of the year because of the opt outs and whatnot. Um, but for me personally, I just think that um, they're at a little bit of a disadvantage coming out of the conference that they play in the, the PAC 12 just doesn't top to bottom offer this, like the kind of competition that they're going to face when they play like an sec champ an ACC champ, big 12 champ, or, you know, big 10 champ. It's a little bit different that West coast football versus coming back East, in my opinion, um, especially when you're looking in terms of where the recruiting hotbeds at and the teams that are kind of regionally aligned there. My, I, I would say that my four picks for the, uh, the college football playoff next year is I am going to go with Ohio state. I am going to go with Oklahoma. I will, go with the, I will go with the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, they figured out how to play some defense. So Big 12 representative, Big 10 representative, and I'm going to be brave here. <laughs> and I can't wait for the criticism and the backlash. <laughs> but I am going to take the Georgia Bulldogs to crack the playoff with 16 returning starters and, a, and, and the quarterback situation figured out. So I do like them, but I also like – 
the Alabama Crimson Tide. So I think that two SEC teams will end up in the playoff. Two undefeated SEC teams square off in Atlanta, tight battle. Whoever wins, whoever loses, doesn't matter. They'll, they'll put two in if, if the situation aligns correctly. So that, that's my pick. Four, those, those are my four teams for the college football playoff. Conflict of interest, the Georgia Bulldogs. Conflict of interest. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. My 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 homers hanging out. So for the um for the final segment of the podcast, and Dalen, thank you so much. You've been a very awesome guest, and I've I've loved having you on here. Um, what are what do you what are you doing now besides driving at forty three miles in one direction to? Uh, to go to the gym, or I should say 86 miles a day. I mean, that's crazy dedication, but uh, what, what is it that you, you do now? What are you currently doing? I am a resident advisor at a juvenile detention center. Um, I enjoy helping kids. So I try to share my life experience. A lot of them, believe it or not, they think of high school, jump over college and just go to NBA or something like that. That's, that's the kind of, uh, talent some of these kids have especially one of them um like i'm trying to guide them in the right direction and talk to the right people to maybe give him a scholarship or at least have him get looked at um because he does want to play basketball but um you know there's a lot of bad areas in charlottesville and you know how once you get back on the streets it kind of keeps pulling you back in a little bit so i'm trying to i'm trying to help as much as i can um to get him out of that life and to you know not waste it, not waste his athletic ability. So um, I'm gonna go back to school to be a, a med tech, just like my dad. Wow, man! So the guy that did not like school has a degree, and then he wants to go back to school to become a med tech, dude. That's a great, that's great, dude. So um, I was gonna ask you what's something you're passionate about outside of football, but I think you just kind of answered that question for me a, a moment ago. You're you seem to be passionate about trying to help uh, people and be a, a mentor to, to people that could use it the most. Yes. hundred percent. Um, cause I don't want, I don't want people to, I don't want kids or anybody that to waste their talent, you know, to be out just because to be on the street, you know what I'm saying? There's always something better than the street. Um, uh, I want you to have a successful life. I want you to have life that you want to give your kids, you know, all the opportunities. Uh, I don't want to see you, you know, locked up behind jail or or dead you know I want, I want you to fulfill your life that's awesome man i mean i don't think there's a much higher calling than that for sure and and you're an inspiration uh dalen how, how do people get in touch with you do you uh you have social media email something if somebody wants to reach out to you connect with you collaborate with you ask questions about the pod anything like that how do we get in touch with you um, you can hit me up on my Instagram, which is 76D as in dog, M as in mobster, and B as in boy, 76. So 76DMB76. Seven, seven, or you can look up on uh, Facebook, which is just my name, Dalen Bunton. I'm, I'm everywhere, man. And Dalen, thank you so much uh, for being here tonight. We really appreciate it. So if you like what you heard on this podcast, please. Uh, go, go ahead, give us a rating, leave us a review and subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify. And until next time, any given time, any given place, any given topic, get it here at any given you.